Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And now we are talking about aging with wisdom, one of my favorite topics. The name of the book is Aging with Wisdom. Reflections, Stories, and Teachings, and my guest is Olivia Ames Hoblitzel. And before I introduce you, did I say your name correctly, Olivia? Yes, you have. Wonderful. Okay. All right. Olivia Hoblitzel is the author of Aging with Wisdom, Reflections, Stories, and Teachings. She's a teacher and a therapist. Her teaching and her writing are inspired by over 40 years of practice in psychology, Buddhist meditation, and other wisdom traditions. And we're going to talk about some stories and pointers about how we can make later life full of meaning, joy, resolution, and spiritual awakening. And uh, welcome, Olivia. I'm glad to be with you. Yeah, that's wonderful. I um, This speaks to my heart and to what I'm doing because I'm very much working in this whole area of positive aging. I am a baby boomer and an early baby boomer, and I feel that uh, we can make this part of our life uh, very meaningful. And we also have the wisdom that many times we don't have when we're younger, so we've acquired that over years. So tell us how you started to write this book and how this came about. It grew out of uh, probably having my husband develop Alzheimer's and write the first book and about how we handled his journey because both of us were psychologists and had done a lot with meditation and working with the mind. And so I was kind of catapulted into the, into the world of um, elder issues, partly because he was 14 years older than I was. Yeah. And... Um, I've always loved older people, and of course now I am one. And so um, after he died, and I was learning sort of to live on my own, and in very much going into my uh, 60s and then 70s, I was really interested in how do we stay inspired during this stage of life, especially because we live in an age-phobic culture. And I became very aware of that and feel very passionately about overturning the ages paradigm that's uh, in subtle forms all around us. But I've always just been drawn to these issues of meaning in life and how we bring a life into completion, even though I hope to be living a number of more years. It's how do we, um, how do we find the fullness of the, and the glory of being alive today? And it's just as vibrant an issue in our later years as it was when we were younger. So I just have a lot of passion about the subject. Yeah. You say in the introduction that the last stage of life is the most heroic. What do you mean by that? Well, um, I think it's when you look at the situation that happens to all of us, or to most of us anyway, at the very time that our bodies are talking back to us, we may have aches and pains, we may have a life-threatening illness um, or a terminal illness, and our energy is declining, we're being asked to face the biggest challenges of our whole life at a time when um, we're kind of in a phase of diminishment. And I just think how uh, people handle a final illness um, or the last chapter of their life 
is I, I have many examples of people who've been very inspiring to me about how they've done that. And um, I think it involves heroism, on whether, um, you know, whether we're heroes or heroines. It's a, um, it's a very precious time, very difficult, and that's why I call it the most heroic chapter. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, you know, where it can be difficult, you write about, and it's true that we have an age-phobic culture in our country, Uh, What can we do about that? We don't have that in in other countries. There are other countries where elders are really revered. Not so here. Talk about that. Yeah, you know, I just suddenly see in front of me a sign I once saw that said, um, we're not old. We're just recycled teenagers. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to be a recycled teenager much as I admire those fantastic students from the Parkland High School, but um, that's just an example of ageism. It's it's very sub, um, subversive in a way. It's in our media. It's in very subtle things like how people don't um, turn to older people and draw them out. But uh, I've talked to a number of elders who feel as though they're invisible because our culture does not respect and revere elders as they do in uh, Asian cultures and in indigenous cultures, where the elders are turned to and are turned to for leadership and turned to for their wisdom. So it's a big uh, challenge to deal with this. And I think that what you're doing, Patricia, with your program, um, with your focusing on healthy aging and my own commitment to the field, these all help. Right. Yeah, it really does. I mean, yeah, I think it's something yeah. that we that we really, really have to look at. Talk about the word. You talk about this in your book, tectonic shift. What does that mean, and how does it apply to us as we get older? Well, as I see it, and this is obviously going to be different for everybody, and some people might not notice it at all, but um, I think when we get into the later years, by which I mean perhaps into our, depends on who we are, but say into our 60s and 70s and 80s for sure, but more in our 50s or 60s, we start to be aware of um, obviously changes in our physical body, Mm -hmm. perhaps changes in energy, perhaps feeling uh, that we want to slow down a bit, uh, perhaps feeling that the stress of our work is something we are finding really hard to tolerate. And it's that shift, it's very deep, it's a very internal thing that comes very naturally as the body ages and as these changes come to us. And I think that um, if one is an aware person, if one is tuned in, uh, one feels that shift very, it's a slow but sure thing. And that's why that image of a sort of tectonic shift came to me like, you know, the plates on the Earth's surface that shift in, in, in infinitesimal ways, but uh, still very significant. And I know that I've watched this in myself with a certain wry sense of humor. It's like, oh, I can't do that particular thing anymore. And the whole issue of acceptance, which I can come back to. But that's what I mean by the tectonic shift um, and how it tends to come in as we get older especially for people who are 
uh, aware of our bodies and our minds and living consciously, which is another whole theme that intrigues me about how do we age consciously. It all goes together. Right, and living consciously. I mean, living I think if we have been living consciously, then we probably will age consciously because it's just another stage of our life. Correct? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. An overarching theme of your book is that it's helpful to have some sort of a spiritual practice, which you really just talked about, to cope with challenges and losses of aging. Say a little more about that. We've got a few minutes before break, so say a little more about that. Well, I think that. Um, um, everything in our experience starts with our minds, the nature of mind. So for me, anyway, the practice of meditation has been extremely important. But I would extend that to any kind of practice that develops inner resilience. And I let me just name some of the things like uh, Tai Chi or yoga, Qigong, um, or anything that we do with great absorption. Um, develops a kind of inner resilience. And I think that we really need that to deal with the the, the challenges that will inevitably come um, with aging. And that happens to have been a kind of spiritual dimension in life, I think lies dormant in many people. And I think sometimes the later years tend or can awaken it because we begin to come back to these eternal subjects like meaning in life and purpose and uh, and what is it now because it's always going to change in different life stages. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel that having, again, that awareness that, that comes with um, a kind of awakened inner life is really helpful. So... Mm-hmm. Um, that that is an emphasis in the book. It's a kind of theme that weaves through. But I also want to acknowledge those who don't particularly identify in that way, mm-hmm. but who may find their resilience um, in other ways. And so I bow to however we do that. It's just that I'm just really aware that I want to feel that I have a very strong core uh, within myself to deal with whatever lies ahead. So that's, that, is a, that is a theme in the book and kind of comes in through the stories and the teachings that I include. So I hope that answers the question because it's a big one. It's wonderful. And the stories in your book are very powerful. Oh, I, very I, powerful. I, and, and that's really, you know, that's the whole crux really of your book is these reflections and stories and teachings. So I'm going to take a break and when we come back, I'm going to have you share some of the stories in the book, like Wisdom's Treasures and Way Showers and, and some of the, you know, um, some of the real heartfelt messages in this book. So my guest is Olivia Hoblitzel and her book is Aging with Wisdom. Reflections, Stories, and Teaching. She has practiced and taught psychology as well as meditation for more than 20, 45 years. And she developed and taught one of the first mind-body medicine programs in the country and pioneered the integration of meditation, yoga, and cognitive therapy with Western medicine. And she's trained health professionals under the auspices of Harvard Medical School. Her best-selling first book, 10,000 Joys and 10,000 Sorrows, A Couple's Journey Through Alzheimer's, won many awards, including Book of the Year. So again, we're very happy to have 
Olivia Ames Hoblitzel with us talking about her book, Aging with Wisdom, Reflection, Stories, and Teachings. We'll be right back with Olivia right after the break. I'm Patricia Raskin right here on The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There are so many ways to get your message out into the world. Why wouldn't you use as many media outlets as possible to promote your book, your business, or your brand? So how will you do it? Where will you start? I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. Join us every week on Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. We'll show you how to get the media attention you and your brand deserve. Listen every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Voice America Variety. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for... Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hello, everyone, and we are back. And my guest is Livia Hoblitzel. Her book is Aging with Wisdom, Reflections, Stories, and Teachings. And she's the author of the best-selling book, 10,000 Joys and 10,000 Sorrows. And Olivia Ames Hoblitzel has practiced and taught psychology as well as meditation for more than 45 years. And she was a pioneer in the integration of meditation and yoga and cognitive therapy. And, uh, and she was trained under the auspices of Harvard Medical School. So welcome back, Olivia. Glad to be back. Yeah, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about some of the things in the book. One of the sections is wisdom treasures. What do you mean? I know a number of people have asked me that, and that phrase just dropped into my mind at some point. I think because I've always um, looked for inspiration as I've gone through my life, 
looking for those sources of inspiration that will really kind of light the fires under me and and my writing and my teaching. And so... um, I've, because I have taught so much, I collect, I have sort of a quarry file into which I put stories or quotations or, um, or things that have happened to me that are very striking and have been growth points and memorable times. And so um, I just came to call these my wisdom treasures. And, you know, it's interesting because obviously... Uh, every one of us would have different wisdom treasures. What are the things that inspire you? Those would be your wisdom treasures. Now, if I can give you um, a couple of examples, um, at one point I met a very extraordinary Cambodian teacher. Um, his name, he was an enlightened being for sure, and I happened to end up in a very informal setting with him, just sitting around a kitchen table, and it was as though he looked right, he looked very directly at me. And out of the blue, he just said to me, do everything with softness and ease. Uh, and I thought, oh, my goodness, because I have a tendency to work a little too hard, to push myself, maybe uh, to strive, or just a little edge of strain somehow. And it was as though he had looked right into that pattern and said, Look at this. Just just do things with softness and ease. And I want you to know, Patricia, it doesn't sound like much, but I got that message in about 1972, and I've remembered it at hundreds of moments since. So that Mm. became a wisdom treasure. Now, Mm. um, I'll give you another one that came from a very beloved friend of mine who finally lost her sight to to glaucoma. She was 94 by then. And I hadn't seen her in a while because she lived on the other coast. And so I asked her, I said, Blanche, what is it like now? What is it, how are you managing now that your sight is completely gone? And she, um, she was a woman with a lot of inner sort of spirit. She sort of tipped her head to one side and uh, she said, I try to treat every moment as new experience. I try to treat every moment as new experience. Now, again, you could say, well, there's nothing special about that. But if any of you or your listeners have uh, undertaken any kind of mindfulness practice, you realize that that is really the secret to um, awake living, to living fully as being present in the moment. And that's what she was saying. And if you think for a moment what it would be like if you close your eyes and think what it would be like to have no sight, everything would be a discovery, wouldn't it? I found that tremendously um, powerful, and that became another of those wisdom treasures. Mm -hmm. So that's just two examples. You know, one of the things that's really important is we, we talked about sometimes not just the challenges of aging, but the stereotypes. And I'm very dedicated to positive aging and positive living and finding positive approaches in order to have a successful life. What do you think are the positives of getting older, of older age and aging? Uh, That's a good question. Well, I think that, um, I I think about attitudes, about 
how we look at ourselves in our lives, and that there's a lot of power in um, how we do that. In fact, a study comes to my mind. It was done at Yale University, a longitudinal study of elders, and it was discovered that those who had a positive attitude toward aging lived for seven and a half years longer than people who had negative attitudes. So there's a lot right there. But you're asking about the positive point parts of aging. Well, here's here are some of them. I think there's a wondrous relief to beginning to slow down a little bit and mm. find that we don't need the kind of stimulation um, that we needed when we were younger. We were always looking for it when we were younger, but that much less makes us much happier. And I think that's really significant. It's the little things that um, give us a kind of joy that perhaps we were too busy or in a rush to really appreciate when we were younger. And it's about finding the sacred in the commonplace. It's the, it's the little moments of, of watching a bird or of um, being with a, a child or another elder or whatever. I think there's another rhythm to life that you can't explain to a younger person, but that is really one of the perks of of growing over older. Mm, mm. Yeah. All right. We've got a couple of minutes left, so I, I want to ask you about your message. But first, I do want to ask you about the session, the section of the book that you devoted to dying, and it's called Passages Dying into Life. Talk about that. We've got a couple minutes left. Okay. Big topic. Um, we're, in eight, we're also a death-denying culture, which I think contributes along with ageism to a lot of the fear and depression that's around about growing older. But I, um, my own experience has been that, um, that death is a part of life, that uh, we need to befriend it in a certain way and to accept our mortality, and that means that we need to find completion in the areas of our lives that may not be complete. And so talking about uh, death itself seems almost less the point than about the living fully up to the moment of death. Because then um, my, my husband, who had a number of near-death experiences, came back from them to tell me it was so easy. He said, if it's this easy, there's really no problem. <laughs> it was like an extraordinary attitude to have towards dying. But he had done so much letting go, if you will, through his practice of meditation. He was really prepared to go for sort of the final letting go. So I, I really think that, um, uh, for instance, I'm thinking of Atul Gawande's book about being mortal or about um, other books, uh, the Tibetan book of living and dying, where you have uh, uh, Tuesdays with Maury, that classic mm, mm. Yeah. These books are wonderful for people to um, open up to really, uh, the death is a part of life. I think mm. that's the most important, perhaps, message I would want to okay. convey. All right, and we've got about 30 seconds now. And it's so, I love everything you've said. It's been so important. What would, really quickly, what's the message you want people to get in a couple of words from your book? Well, I would want them to share the feeling of inspiration that I have about being alive and about being an elder, and that the book is full of inspiration uh, in the way of stories and teachings. And 
Um, I just love I just love that we can share that with each other, and that's what I would hope would be the main message of the book that it would inspire you. Thank you, Olivia. Olivia Ames Hobitzel. The name of the book, again, is Aging with Wisdom. And what's the website? We've got like two seconds. What's the website? The website's my name, oliviahoblitzell.com. All right, H-O-B-L-I-T-Z-E-L-L-E, but look up Aging with Wisdom. Olivia, thank you so much for being on the program. It was thank great. You, Patricia. Thank you. All right, stay on the line for a minute. Stay in the line for a second. All right, folks, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Like me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, and get my newsletter by writing to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Until next week, have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.